You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. To uh, introduce our preacher, and just uh, a little note of explanation, uh, is that uh, I think it was in 2008 or 2009, Oh, is it, is it in here? Oh, you, I don't have to do any of it? Oh, never mind. This is Paul Fromberg. He'll explain it in a sermon, apparently. My bad. Let us pray. Blessed be God, the word who came to his own, and his own received him not. For in this way, God glorifies the stranger. God, show us your image in all whom we meet, that we may welcome them and you. Amen. Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. So this is what Nadia was going to tell you. What is the large man doing here? Um, I started stalking Nadia in 2008. Um, I was at the Wild Goose Festival with my friend Sarah Miles, um, and we've had a very stocky relationship ever since. What? Oh, Greenbelt, sorry. I get all my Christian festivals confused. Can't we just call them all Woodstock? Um, I was sitting in a meeting about church stuff, and um, I saw this tall, fierce misfit, and I thought, now there's someone interesting. And every time that Nadia would sit down anywhere, Sarah and I would just sidle up right by her and sit down, which is just about the right amount of creepy <laughs> to create a good relationship. <laughs> a relationship of love and of mutual respect. But that's not the last time that I've stalked Nadia. Last May... We were both in New York City, and I stalked her there. We got together and had breakfast and talked about this night. Last week, I stalked her in Houston when she was speaking at the great big Lutheran shindig. And I was jonesing for some good Mexican food. So we had lunch together. So the first thing to know is that food is always involved in really good stalking relationships. And it's also a two-way kind of stalking relationship. She stalks me too. Uh, she climbs up in my business and she gets me to do all sorts of crazy like fly from Austin, Texas on Sunday, leaving the general convention of the Episcopal Church to come to Denver so I can do this and then fly back to Austin tomorrow. All praise. And uh, to preach here, to preach on her final Sunday with you as her pastor. And, uh, you know, the real reason for being here may surprise you a little bit. Um, it's not to get some of that famous Nadia Juju that everybody wants a slice of. It's not to touch the hem of the garment. It's not to show you how genuinely, genuinely fabulous I am in my homiletic splendor. The real reason that I'm here is the question about Jesus that his home folks have for us in today's gospel. 
Where did y'all get all this? Where did you, the beautiful people of house, get this beautiful community of misfits and fisher folk? The question that the crowd asks Jesus, where did this man get all this, comes with a poisoned response. It says, and they took offense at him. Why? Because they knew him. After all, he was just a laborer. Someone who had to sweat his way through a hard day's work. He was just the son of Mary. By the way, that's a snarky first century way to call somebody a bastard. And frankly, nobody in the village believed that Joseph was really his father. He was just one of Mary's several kids, the eldest, but not particularly responsible for his younger brothers and sisters, always traveling the countryside with a bunch of fishermen and other misfits. Just about everybody in the village agreed. He was nobody important. Why should they bother with him? Move along, nothing to see here. And that's pretty much the same for some of us. After all, everybody knows who we are. We're just a bunch of Jesus freaks and queers. We're just a bunch of mismatched socks and seekers after truth. We're just a house full of sinners and saints. And my question still stands. Where did y'all get all this? So here's the teachy-teachy part. Um, St. Mark's gospel is distinct for a couple of reasons. One is that people generally do not have a clue about who Jesus really is, including his followers, including Jesus himself. And in part, for his followers and for the town people, that's because they think they know who he is already. They know everything they need to know about him, just like you know, people across popular American Christianity know everything about y'all. But now, something about Jesus is disturbingly different to the crowd. They know all about him, but they just can't figure out how he got all of his power and his insight. They know him so well that they don't have a clue about who he really is. Their knowledge makes them ignorant. They know so much about him, they don't have to bother with having any faith in him. So this is the second teaching part. Faith is a word that is widely misunderstood in the culture around us and probably in the church too. I think a lot of people assume that faith means working really hard to believe in unbelievable things, which is a position that assumes that faith is good for people who can't figure things out on their own. And that's not what Jesus is talking about when he teaches about faith. In Jesus' world, faith is trust. Trust in the promise of God's everlasting love and presence. Faith presses us into the future that we can neither see nor completely imagine. Faith is the power to live as if the future of the world is not what we see around us every day. But the future of the world is the way God sees it. Faith is that deep down conviction that what we desire in life, what we long for in life, what we ultimately care about in life is a part of God's dream 
for the whole world. So faith opens us up to receive God's blessings. And sometimes that's just plain beautiful. And sometimes it breaks your heart. Faith has the power to reveal your true identity, what is singularly, uniquely at the core of your being, both as individuals and all y'all as a community. So faith will always reveal real, living relationships. And faith is about love. So faith is also about weakness. Knowing another person, trusting another person, being vulnerable to another person is what looks like weakness from the outside, even though it's really the strongest force in the universe. Faith and vulnerability have the power to change you. So faith puts you in a position where you're more likely to serve people than try and dominate them. Faith works in you to make more of you, to make you more real and more transparent and more in the very center of what is real in this world. Looking beyond what everybody knows and believes to see, to see what is really, really real. And that, my brothers, sisters, kindred, that's why we're here today. You see, I believe that this isn't just the last day that you as a community have with Nadia as your pastor. I believe that this is the first day you have to be the community that you have always longed to become. And that's where I believe I'm going to find the answer to the question I asked earlier, where did y'all get all this? And no offense to my beloved sister Nadia, but you didn't get it from her. You got it from the God who whispered into this wild misfit's ear more than 10 years ago and said, let's make something crazy together. And that same spirit is still breathing that invitation into your listening hearts and minds. Jesus went home to the folk that knew him the best, knew everything about him, but they completely missed out on who he really was. He went to his own, and as the opening prayer says, his own received him not. And in that way, Jesus showed that the most critical work we have is to glorify the stranger. That's your work. Y'all show that in your choice of each other in this community, in your choice to keep showing up together, doing the works of Jesus and greater works than he could do. You show what it means to welcome the stranger by coming here, whether God is close to you or far away, whether you are super religious or super skeptical, and you keep showing up because this community puts faith and blood and bones to a form that has no form, and that is the spirit of God that makes church happen here. And I believe that y'all are just crazy enough to press your hope hard into the future. 
and keep making church together. I'm putting my hope in God's promise that y'all are just crazy enough to trust that your life together is greater than your life apart. I'm betting that y'all are just crazy enough to live in that love which has the power to transform your lives together and to be a witness of God's love in this world and that my kindred is faith. That is a way to see and recognize what is really happening in the world around us all the time by God's gracious love for us. You, 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 you are fully competent to do this because God's grace is yours to do it. Together, you have the power to act like Jesus in the world, speaking wisdom, healing what is broken, breaking open what binds people to hate and violence and every cage that seeks to corrupt and destroy the creatures of God, you have got this. And I'm not saying this to flatter you or to intimidate you or to scare you. I'm saying it because I have faith that it's true. So don't go to the place where all of Jesus' home folk went. That tired old message, we know all about them down there at half-ass. Don't go to, well, I'm just a little tiny, whatever. (laughs) No, that you, in this moment and in this place, are the apple of God's eye. And you were called by her to make the good news known wherever you go. You were just whom God had in mind when he spoke the universe into existence. And you were the ones who will touch and heal the sick, the lonely, the broken, and the disabled. That's what we get to do today, in this moment. And in all the moments that are to come, you are pressing ahead into a world that you do not know and cannot see. But in that world, you will live the dream of God. And just like in my relationship with Nadia, In that world, God will be stalking you. (laughs) God, full of everlasting love, is stalking you now. So watch out. God may just show up next to you and make everything new. Amen.